Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans the globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story, and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Absolutely excited to have you here tuning in to another episode of Legends of the 75th podcast. And we just keep on knocking it out of the park. The preemptive conversation before we started hitting record on this episode uh, is just recipe for this is going to be an amazing episode. We're going to talk about things that we have not probably talked about in some of the Legends episodes. So I'm pretty goddamn excited about it, like the future of live fires and drones and policy change and everything else. So definitely stay tuned as we uh, we dive into that. But I want to introduce and I have the absolute pleasure to Colonel Retired Rob Ryan. With 36 years of service, over 26 tours um, to the global war on terrorism, served in 175 as a rifleman through a squad leader. Uh, at one point was a 31 Bravo. We'll dive into that as we kind of get into the episode. And then in 1993, Turned over to the dark side and commissioned <laughs> and became an officer. And then eventually coming back to 375.95 through 98, uh, where he served as a company commander uh, twice, uh, w- once as a company commander and then as RD commander, uh, leaving, coming back. Uh, I'm sorry, that was 2000 through 2003. And then coming back in 2006, where he did the dreaded iron major during the terrible, terrible times where I always just felt sorry for the field grades, you know, and the SODIF commander, the GTF Bravo uh, operations officer jobs, XOs and S threes and constantly being awake, never allowed to sleep. If you slept, you probably got beaten most of the time. And then eventually coming back to be the RSTB commander. Uh, before retiring um, as a colonel after his brigade command. And uh, we will definitely dive into that. So, sir, that was a long introduction, but I will tell you that you sent an awesome bio that I greatly appreciate. It saves me so much homework, but you truly do have an amazing career and a lot of interesting things. And I can't wait to dive in and talk about it. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, just to, to kind of be here with you, Mike, and, and, and then our, our our fellow rangers you know the ability to connect with them and, and and maybe reconnect with some of them as we as this gets out but uh great opportunity and look forward to our discussion yeah you know i think the thing you'll find in you know now that we're on episode shit i don't know we're in the 40s i know we're in the 40s i don't remember what 40 number we're on probably like 43 or 44 that sounds about right but um how many Rangers will reach out to you, you know, and just how it reconnects people and then people reconnect and everything else. Um, I want to give actually, sorry, real quick. I want to give one shout out to uh, salty vets. Uh, so if anybody knows Yuma Barnett, 
check it out. Find him on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and everything else. He actually started a Discord channel. Um, and I, I apologize. I have not actually gotten into it yet because my Discord account got deactivated for some stupid reason. So I got to figure that out. But uh, basically, it's just reconnecting vets. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing opportunity. Um, well, Rangers specifically, uh, for the most part, because that's his network. So if you haven't done that, go check that out. But uh, anyway, coming back to the point that I was just talking about, sir, is you're going to have a lot of Rangers are going to reach out to you. And I think it's just a testimony to your time as a leader and the things and the impact that you have. And for whatever reason, you know, tyranny of distance, tyranny of rank, you know, Rangers just don't reach out to you. And this will give them opportunity. They're going to see, you know, you share your story and talk about, you know, some of the difficult times and they're going to go, you know what, I'm going to reach out to them. So hopefully you get flooded and inundated with lots of old Rangers that uh, you haven't talked to in a long time. And they just make you feel um, as Tommy Williams says, that shot of brotherly love. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to it. That is, and it's a great way that Tommy explained it when I, when I watched it. Yeah. Right. But, um, just amazing. Now it's, been, it, I'm looking forward to the discussion. So let's, uh, let's roll up our sleeves. All right. Let's roll up our sleeves. So, you know, we, we go back, in the way, way back machine. Um, and I don't even remember the year. Was it 1984? Yeah. 1984. By the way, you know, I don't want to make you feel old, but uh, I was four years old um, at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, great opportunity, though. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. I was probably a recruiter's dream, though. I walked in. Um, okay. Rangers were not a known thing. Um, you could uh, get a yeah. Ranger contract. There was no option 40. Um, you know, Grenada was an 83. Um, and you know, the, the picture of, uh, Sergeant Major Devins at the time, you know, you know, you know private Devins, especially Devins carrying the 90 rounds on time and time. Right. Magazine. Um, what drew you to that? And I think that was part of that. I think the other part was that, um, for me, um, I think intellectually not stable in the sense of not ready for college or something, some challenge like that, to be honest with you, I right. think physically good. I mean, you know, the, the 80s Rangers will talk about the metamorphosis of, of the physicality of the Ranger, which is interesting and in how it, it's ebbed and flowed over. You know, I get to spend, I guess, over four decades there. Yeah, yeah, you've definitely seen the evolution of Ranger physique. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, I, I call it that it was the five foot, 840 pound era. <laughs> if you were a large <laughs> Ranger, you were slow. Back then. Oh, okay, if fair. You, were, you know, if you were kind of the, the thin one rolling up your OG 107s and going to work every day uh, in the line company or and, you know, just doing those ranger tasks to, to live up to the standard. That was uh, a great opportunity to come in. And, and remember, the regiment was new. Mm -hmm. so, so I got in and, and went through, I think, the second or third um, regimental rip class, um, which I will, I'll tell Sergeant Skirka if he's still around and watches this, that you know, we, they made us do the run down cardiac and up. That was part of the mile, both miles. So so your times were, were really bad, but, you know, right. and then you felt proud because, you, you know, you ran a 1240 and that included cardiac, right? And like every proud yeah. ranger, you get to one that, That's something to be proud of, yeah. It is, but you get to the bus, you know, you get down there and you know the deal. All of a sudden you're, you're, you're running a sub 12 maybe and you're the, you're the third slowest guy in your squad. When you get down. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. The, the best part about, you know, I think the Rangers, especially when the young, you know, the deal, 18 to, to 21 years old is both physically and intellectually, you're going to be humbled pretty quick. Yeah, fact. Um, but the best part of that is it's the ability and how they build you, right? From, from yeah. the character of understanding why small stuff's important uh, to, to how we frame ourselves around the creed, 
to the respect aspect, right? So, so you know, we've both been in the army a long time. Where, where do you go to a unit where someone who's tabbed stands at, you know, has a private stand-up parade rest form or is in a position for that, you know, and you, the respect of, hey, that's somebody I want to be, and it doesn't need to be a name. It just needs to be a position because everybody's fight that first year and a half is to become a team leader, right? Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a job to have. Absolutely. That's the best job. And that is the best job. You know, my 40, that's the best job that you're aiming for. And there's going to be detours, right? You may yeah. go to weapons squad. You may become the RTO. You, you may get pushed somewhere else because, you know, we didn't have support companies back then. So you had support platoons. You, <laughs> you never knew where you're going to go, but, right. but you knew if you stayed in that enclave, the chances got better and better. And I think that's the important part of, of, of how I, at least my exposure to, to guys at the time, like, you know, end up being first Sergeant Hall and, 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 and first Sergeant Osborne and others, you know, kind of saw that I had some intellectual capability and kind of good, hey, why don't you're pretty good with the radio stuff? Why don't you kind of focus on that? Um, yeah. And it helped, you know, it was, a, it was a great way because, you know, it, as much firepower as a rifle platoon brings, that hand mic can bring a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I sensed a little bit of scar tissue that, you know, you're, you talked about your, your path to become a team leader, like it had some twists and turns. Um, oh, it did. So, yeah. So mine was, I had to go, you know, serve my penance of being a gun team leader for a little while. Um, but yours was, you know, being a platoon leader. And that's actually something we haven't talked about, you know, in legends, but you know, you alluded to it a little bit, but um, some of the best team leaders I ever had, um, that, you know, when I was a squad leader, I was a platoon sergeant and stuff, had done some time as a platoon leader because the perspective it offers you and the iterations you see, that's the thing that, like, we don't talk about a lot about Ranger Regiment is the sets and reps you get in things, the amount of I, live fires you do, exercise. Well, I, I think the one that helped me, Mike, was um, yeah. I was down at A Company and got pulled back to HHC, so I left the company. Okay. At the time, it was, I think it was the end of 86, 87. Colonel Nightingale had left 175. Colonel Cranan had come in to be the. Oh, I love Colonel Nightingale. God, I love talking to the guy. So he, he pulled me in. All of a sudden, I became the battalion commander's RTO. Oh, okay. So when everybody else is getting one or two sets of reps, I'm out there oh. with the old man for every single oh, set. In wow. Rep. Yeah. And you're watching it from from you know JCT and clearance operations to to, to 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 the offload of the air land, and you are right there, and you're you're doing the X check calls, and sometimes you're helping them develop the X check calls, which I thought was one of those that you know you're you're immersed into this, right? And right. you've got you know platoon leader La Camera, and you got guys that have grown into you know to the legends of their own <laughs> wow, way. Wow, you're right? dropping so some you, awesome names here. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're you're going through that. I mean. The camera was one of the platoon leaders. Bannister was one of he was the S4 at the time. Um, Mike Garrett was the XO. Tommy Cole was the XO at the time. Um, Uh, Who was the last one that was the XO? Tom Cole. Well, Tom Cole was the CO. And uh, Mike Garrett was the XO. And you're you're surrounded by these guys that, you know, no one knows their their flight direction, right? Right. But you know that they're focused on mission accomplishment, right? Yeah. And you know you're on a guy like Buck Kernan who's going to ensure that, A, is you're going to grow. Because you're going to be exposed to things not everybody's going to see, and then you're going to get a, a I'll call it you're going to get a sideline pass to everything, right? 
you know, and it's different when you're in the hundredth row and it's a lot different when you're down, you know, next wondering why the C1, why we didn't clear, you know, something on Northfield and the C-130 hit it. I mean, we're going to spend some time talking about that with a couple of right company commanders, but you're going to get, you get this exposure to somebody who's not upset, but who's coaching and teaching. This was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.